Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, Leading up to the program, as I watch an individual, has to be like 28 years old, telling us about the president and Pence and Washington and the future of the nation. Somebody with about 14 minutes of experience. It reminds me, as I do research about a brilliant man by the name of Richard M. Weaver, who almost none of you ever heard of. Everybody's heard of Marx and so But they're great thinkers who would reject Marx. He wrote a book, Ideas Have Consequences, and the Fords by our good friend Roger Kimball. And among other things, he writes this, before I jump in with both feet. The more firmly an utterance is stereotyped, the more likely it is to win credit. It is assumed that engines as expensive and as powerful as the modern printing press will naturally be placed in the hands of men of knowledge. Faith in the printed word has raised journalists to the rank of oracles. Yet could there be better descriptions of them than these lines from Phthortius? They will appear to be omniscient and will generally know nothing. They will be tiresome, having the reputation of knowledge without the reality. If the realization of truth is the product of a meeting of minds, we may be skeptical of the physical ability of the mechanism to propagate it, as long as the propagation is limited to the printing and distribution of stories which give one unvarying answer, quote-unquote. And this circumstance brings up at once the question of the intention of the rulers of the press. There's much to indicate that modern publication wishes to minimize discussion. Despite many artful pretensions to the contrary, 
It does not want an exchange of views, say perhaps, on academic matters. Instead, it encourages men to read in the hope that they will absorb. For one thing, there's the technique of display, with its implied evaluations. This does more of the average man's thinking for him than he suspects. For another, there is the stereotyping of whole phrases. They are carefully chosen not to stimulate reflection, but to evoke stock responses, approbation and disapprobation. Headlines and advertising team with them. We seem to approach a point at which failure to make the stock response is regarded as faintly treasonable, like refusal to salute the flag. This was written in 1948. Especially that the journals of mass circulation exploit the automatic response. So journalism becomes a monstrous discourse, a protocorus, which charms by hypnotizing and thwarts that participation without which one is not a thinking man. If our newspaper reader were trained to look for assumptions, if he were conscious of the rhetoric and lively reporting, we might not fear this product of the printer's art. But that would be to grant that he is educated. As the modern world is organized, the ordinary reader seems to lose means of private judgment. And the decay of conversation has about destroyed the practice of dialect. Consequently, the habit of credulity grows. There's yet another circumstance which raises grave doubts about the contribution of journalism to the public wheel. Newspapers, and by this we would mean today cable and so forth, social media, are under strong pressure to, destroy, uh, to distort in the interest of holding attention. I think we might well afford to overlook the pressure of advertisers upon news and editorial policy. This source of distortion has been fully described and is perhaps sufficiently discounted. But there is at work far more insidious urge to exaggerate and to color beyond necessity. It is an inescapable fact that newspapers thrive on friction and conflict. One is only to survey the headlines of some popular journal, often presented symbolically in red, to note the kind of thing which is considered news. Behind the big story, there nearly always lies a battle of some sort. Conflict, after all, is the essence of drama. And it is a truism that newspapers deliberately start and prolong quarrels. By allegation by artful quotation, by the accentuation of unimportant differences. They create antagonisms where none was felt to exist before. And this is profitable, practically, for the opportunity to dramatize a fight as an opportunity for news. Journalism, on the whole, is glad to see a quarrel start and sorry to see it end. In the more sensational publications, the spirit of passion and violence manifested in a certain recklessness of diction, with vivid verbs and, and adjectives, creeps into the very language. By the attention it gives their misdeeds, it makes criminals heroic and politicians larger than life. And he goes on. I think he perfectly describes what we're dealing with in the American media. It's actually even worse. There is no self-policing anymore. And in fact, they work hand-in-hand with the most diabolical of political parties, the Democrat Party. Now, I want to say a few things about what's happening in this country. 
We have individuals who pose as legal scholars and constitutional scholars who are no such thing. They burp up a book here and there and an essay here and there. You can read from your books, as I do. You can read from your... But you don't cite yourself as a scholar. Let others cite you if you are a scholar. We see in the degradation of publications like the Wall Street Journal, National Review, and others, how bizarre they have become and this has become. We have one author over there at National Review who who makes a truly incoherent argument, not just for impeachment, but for conviction of the President of the United States. The media pretend there's a dispute over the issue of whether you can try a president after the president has become a private citizen. There's no dispute at all. You can cherry-pick whatever knucklehead law professor you wish. You can find nothing, nothing in Madison's notes or the Constitution that reaches post-public office. In fact, the contrary. They say if an individual has created what's the equivalent of a crime, they can be pursued afterwards through the criminal justice system. But impeachment is purely an act of the Constitution, created by the Constitution, based on the British approach to impeachment, almost identical but not exact, And it is for the purpose of removing somebody from office, number one, and once removed from office, forbidding them from holding office again. It's a two-step process. So once somebody is a private citizen, it's irrational and, in fact, unconstitutional to continue to pursue them outside of the criminal or civil justice systems. It is an act of politics, We say that impeachment is a political process. Well, the political process doesn't reach outside public office into private life. If it does, then we need to go back and look at some of these retired presidents and see if they can be impeached and punished. If we can put the scarlet letter on their foreheads. You see, they do this in some societies, you know, Once somebody's left office, they chase him down to the ends of the earth. Stalin was good at that. He chased down Trotsky, and Trotsky wound up on a meat hanger hook. Others have done that. When they take office, they go after the the prior administration, the prior president, the prior party, and they try to destroy it. And what we get from this are police states. Fascistic or Marxist, doesn't much matter. The end result is the same. In America, we don't do this. So they can point to a senator or some bizarre act in our history. But in America, we don't do this. We don't keep chasing down presidents who are no longer in office or vice presidents who are no longer in office. We leave that to third world banana republics. And so that's what the Democrat Party and the never-Trumpers and their mouthpieces have become. Third world banana mouthpieces. Now, as to the President of the United States, the President of the United States didn't incite anything. And you know how I know? Because they can't even get their arguments straight. The people who say he incited an insurrection against the government. How did he do it? Well, the way he whipped up the crowd. How else did he do it? Well, he he rejected the election results. How else did he do it? And they have 15 different answers for how he did it. And then they had... 
the impeachment process, which consisted of two hours of debate, one hour for each party, no hearing, no investigation, no witnesses, no nothing. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that the president incited an insurrection against his own government is so crystal clear by every clear-thinking, objective human being on the planet that we don't have to make the case. Another Soviet-style justice apparatus. But you know what? It's not even that. Because even Stalin at least went through the motions. Mao went through the motions if they didn't take people behind the building and and deal with them. And now we're going to have a trial, you see. We're going to wait till after Joe Biden is president of the United States. And the next day, we're told, there's going to be a trial. A private citizen Trump. What is the point of the trial? We're going to prove, you see, that he led an insurrection. You're not going to prove anything. That's not what a Senate trial will do. It won't prove anything. You have no record. You have nothing. You have a 76-page report, 26 pages of which are an appendix. I read the other 50 pages. They're a joke. You have nothing. You have no standards. We've never done this before. Well, he deserves to be convicted and followed to the private sector and Mar-a-Lago and wherever else we can chase him down. Oh, really? Most of the people speaking this way and talking this way are columnists, are television hosts, are guest commentators, are Democrats whom the Constitution is irrelevant anyway. It's amusing in a sick kind of way to hear people who reject the Constitution embrace the 1619 Project, trash our founders, trash our founding document, trash our governing document, and then they wave it around like they're the ones defending it. It would have been nice if Mr. Raskin and the other Democrats on Capitol Hill had been vociferous in defending the White House and the President when that facility and that man were under attack by violent rioters. No, that was excused. In fact, that was righteous. And any response to that was to be condemned. Same with the Portland Courthouse. Same with police precincts. Apparently, we've now figured out where the media and the Democrats draw their line. We have 25,000 National Guardsmen in Washington, D.C. with loaded weapons. Our nation's capital is now an armed camp. That doesn't even count law enforcement from all over the country. Law enforcement from all over the country. Joe Biden, only at the end of the summer decided to meekly and passively condemn the rioting and the violence that took place in this country. Same with his party. Same with the Speaker of the House, who called them stormtroopers on more than one occasion. James Clyburn, who called them stormtroopers on more than one occasion. I believe in putting down rioters, putting down violence, protecting our public officials, protecting our public buildings. But to hear, to hear the left today in the media and out, 
beating their chests is really quite beyond the pale. And now the repression, which I've always warned you about, without our Constitution, without our Bill of Rights, the repression is spreading. And I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. You know, you think about this. Bill Clinton uh, pardoned a number of domestic terrorists, FALN terrorists. Barack Obama pardoned the head of the FALN terrorists, and he wouldn't show any remorse whatsoever. Ayers and, and Adorn, who were close friends with Obama, you see who they associated with, right? Never hurt their careers. Utterly unaffected. There's no intelligence of any kind, according to the Secretary of Defense, that any National Guardsman wants to do any injury to anybody on Capitol Hill, let alone Joe Biden. None. He said that several hours ago. And yet the FBI is determining if any of the 25,000 Guardsmen who are presently occupying Washington, D.C. are a potential threat. I don't know what is happening to our country. And then, of course, there's an attack on free speech. Every aspect of free speech. The technology, which is the, uh, the, the undergirding free speech in this country through social media and so forth. I want to discuss that, too. We have already, but I want to emphasize certain aspects of it when we return. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, 
should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Let me, let me explain one other point on this impeachment trial issue. The framers never, ever set up a system intended to apply outside the governmental structure. These are the same people who would later circle back and pass the Bill of Rights. Well, the offenses that occurred, Mark, were when he was a public official. But they're not offenses that apply to a private official unless they are criminal in nature. And we know that the elements of insurrection are not and cannot be met in a criminal prosecution. That is why they want to reach into the private sector and go after Donald Trump under the very vague notion of a Senate trial for impeachment based on a preposterous impeachment claim with a preposterous document to back it up with no semblance of any kind of justice whatsoever. We call this what would happen in the Senate a kangaroo court. The framers were anything but supporters of a kangaroo court. So when I read McCarthy and Paderouche and, and all these other people, it's really embarrassing. How little they comprehend what's taking place here. These men, that is our framers, would never have supported the political slash constitutional impeachment process being used in the private sector against a private citizen at that point. Look at it this way. Public officials who at least theoretically violate their oath of office and so forth. If they resign, they resign and they're gone. If they committed a crime, they can be pursued after they leave public office. But Trump didn't commit a crime. Panero even says he didn't commit a crime. That's not the test. Okay, it's not the test. And so impeachment in the Senate, excuse me, trial in the Senate is intended to not just lower the standards, but to have no standards at all to reach a private citizen who was president. So Donald Trump is not being treated as a second-class citizen. He's being treated like no citizen I can ever think of, quite frankly. And this is gravely concerning in his case, and it's gravely concerning for future cases. But here's the other problem we have as constitutional conservatives, and most of us Republicans. The Republican Party in situations like this is worse than useless. It's contributory. That is, it's part of the problem. They don't have a sense of the big picture. They live for the here and now. They do not represent much of their base. In fact, they despise most of their base. And they do not comprehend what they're up against. Neither do their surrogates and their mouthpieces in the 
fledgling conservative media. They don't get it. And while we're dealing with that, what's about to happen? Joe Biden, according to reports, they're bragging about it now, has a slew of executive orders ready to go. A massive legislative agenda to do what? What have I said over the years? They want to turn the nation into California. And there's a piece in the LA Times today, they want to turn the nation into California. What does that mean? Massive redistribution of wealth. An electoral system that only elects Democrats nationwide, as they do statewide. All kinds of social engineering programs and so forth and so on. People are fleeing California. Fleeing California. And that's their model. California is their model. This is a very, very low period in our history. And it will always be viewed that way, assuming we, uh, we survive in the long haul. And I want to turn to the media in this country. I opened with the media. I want to turn to the media. We have newspapers like the Washington Post and the New York Times that despise half this country, that work actively to undermine certain politicians, that work actively to undermine our constitutional structure. New York Times' 1619 Project is perfect. What else do they do? They're worse than yellow journalism. They are Linskyites. So whether it's me or other conservative hosts or people who do not believe in violence, who are not right-wingers, quote-unquote, they seek to personally destroy you because they disagree with your message. They want to silence you. So they have a fascistic totalitarian mindset, a groupthink. There's no diversity of thought at the Washington Post or the New York Times, period. Period. And so what do they want to do? Do you notice how little opposition you're getting from big media to what big tech is doing? How little you hear about civil liberties? How little you hear about free speech. I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm talking about free speech. How little you hear about monopolies and antitrust and the federal trade. Can you hear almost none of it on the pages of the big media or big media broadcasts? Why? Because they've made the big leap forward. And the big leap forward for them is they've thrown in with the centralized, iron-fisted state. Not a Republican administration, don't get me wrong. The permanent, centralized, iron-fisted state, which they want to see expanded. Now, why would they want to do that? Well, look at what's going on today. They're utterly unaffected by the war on free speech. Nobody's even talking about targeting the Washington Post or the New York Times or CNN or MSNBC or NBC, ABC, CBS. They're, They're not even threatened. They have no problem at all. It's the parlors and the rumbles and Fox and conservative talk radio. And and pretty much that's it. In other words, whatever little opposition there is to that ideology on the left has to be destroyed. Now, why is that? Because the truth is they are neo-Marxists. They are statists. They are whatever you want to call them. 
They do not believe in the debate of ideas. They reject it. So the Alinskyite you, that is personal attack, and they try and smother you and crush you or have your employer fire you. So it's not so much a press as it is a corporate mindset. These are major corporations with an ideological mindset that push a political and governing agenda. Nobody seriously believes the Washington Post is reporting news. Nobody seriously believes the New York Times is reporting news. Or Jake Tapper and the, and the band of dummies over there are actually news reporters. And same with the lightweights at MSNBC. Nobody really believes that has anything to do with news. So they've already sold out. So what do they have to do? They have to destroy the little pockets. Little pockets of opposition, because the real resistance has always been us. It's you and me. What exactly? What exactly are the neo-Marxist status, so forth, what, what are they resisting? They're resisting those of us who get elected. Those of us who speak out. Those of us who, who reject this, this effort to change our lives and change our country and change our constitution. You and I basically want to be left alone. We want to live under the, uh, under the status quo. That's intolerable to these people. It's unacceptable. And so they wish to destroy any opposition. One of the things about Marxism, neo-Marxism, and all the rest of it, there must be conformity. Can anybody tell me the difference between the New York Times and the Washington Post? Can anybody tell me the difference between MSNBC and CNN? CBS and ABC, ABC and NBC? No, there is no difference. They all say the same thing. I don't know how many monologues we've played over the decades. They say exactly the same thing. It's groupthink. And they demand conformity. And they demand it from you. And so... When they see riots, fires, death in one part of society, if it advances an ideological or racial or whatever narrative that they want, they downplay it, they ignore it, they even celebrate it. If they see it somewhere else, it's not at the White House, but it's at the Capitol building, that's an insurrection. You and I, we denounce it all. And because we denounce it all, we're denounced. Don't you see the differences? One is a fight against injustice. The other is a bunch of white supremacists. I don't know, somebody with a Molotov cocktail throwing it at a federal building, that that, uh, seems to me their politics is of no consequence to me. person needs to be taken off the streets for a very, very long time. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Mr. Call Screener. Mark is working on some deep state gremlins that are attacking his microphone. But when the temperature drops, the chances of something in your car breaking goes up, way up. The last thing I want is my heater to go out while my car is breaking down in the freezing cold. So if I'm driving down the street across country, wherever, I need the reassurance that if something happens, I'm protected. That's why... I called CarShield. Thanks to CarShield, I have maximum safety on the road. Very low month-to-month cost. They also help protect me from their expensive car repairs that you know they're all out there. In fact, plans from CarShield can save you thousands of dollars on any covered repair. Plus, CarShield gets you 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance. And if your car is going to be worked on for a while, you can get a rental. No additional cost. Drive with confidence like I do, like Mark Levin does, knowing that if something happens, you're protected. Get coverage today and see why CarShield goes further. Call 1-800-665-2157, 800-665-2157, and mention code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN to save 10%. That's carshield.com. A deductible may apply. Now, Mark was just talking about Censorship, tech censorship. And this is something that I don't think we can really uh, stomach. Americans are sick and tired of being censored and silenced. Every time we have an opposing viewpoint, it used to be we had an opposing viewpoint on television and they had to create a network, Fox. Now, anytime you start to grow a little bit, like parlor, you, you get out there and you have an opinion, people are trying to get at you, silence you, censor, censor you. This, to me, this idea, it's based on hate. The idea that we should drive our politics based on hate is truly a Bolshevik concept. So I'm here to incite patriotism, radical patriotism. Because when you look at what the people have to say, and when I talk about the people, I'm talking about Congress, the media, you know, birds of a feather. Honestly, they're indistinguishable at times. But Phil Mudd was on CNN yesterday talking about Twitter censoring President Trump and how that means fewer Americans are going to be radicalized. Now, not radicalized as radical patriots like I just alluded to, but radicalized like ISIS was. Check this out. 
Now, as we get that queued up, this is truly the height of rhetoric, right? This is the height of people going off the deep end. So, eight. So, one of these things where you have a differing opinion, now all of a sudden we're like ISIS because we're conservatives, because we believe in liberty, because we believe in limited government. You've got to be kidding me. Anyway, I'm getting the message that the cut is ready. Check this out. So what do we know specifically about these right-wing extremists? We know a few things. Number one, I mentioned earlier, is breath. The willingness to do violence is a second key element. The thing that I think about most is propaganda. It is very hard to persuade someone to join a movement that potentially is going to get them in jail. We now have this movement present in all 50 states, the ability to turn someone's mind up. I think what you were talking about about 15 minutes ago about the decline after President Trump left Twitter, the decline in extremist Mm -hmm. content is really critical. That means people's brains aren't being turned on. So I think that propaganda piece, and I use that word advisedly, people talk about political sort of debate in this country. This is propaganda, the same kind that ISIS used, and the decline of that is really important. There's somebody who is not going to be recruited today because there's less propaganda out there. So the key word for me, what stood out was people's brains aren't turned on. So he's literally insinuating that he wants people to not think. Join the groupthink. Be a part of the hegemony. To that I say, hell no. Who wants to be a part of something that they don't want to be a part of? As Americans, as patriots, we know what we believe. We know what we love. This is a country that we know that we believe in and we want to preserve and protect and offer to the future. And that's what's at stake. And everybody's like, you know, how do we move forward? What are we going to do? How are we going to move forward? What is the future going to look like? And to that I say, we've been through many tumultuous times in American history. And I'm going to go out on the deep end, not having a crystal ball, but I'm going to say I think we're going to go into some other difficult times in the future. But the one thing that we can't do is give in. The one thing we can't do is give up our pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because that's the minute that that we're done. We've got to go forward. So, yeah, they're going to continue to try and censor us. And we're going to continue to do things like patriots like John Mates, Dan Bongino, and others gotten together and created Parler and Rumble and other alternatives because that's what the free market allows us to do. That's what our liberty allows us to do. So keep it locked right there. There's more to come. I've got the cheat sheet here. I've got Mark Levin's notes. i got all the cuts for today. Mr. Producer did a wonderful job. So keep it locked right there, 877-381-3811, your calls. Plus, wait till you hear this flashback from the media pundits. Rich Valdez in for Mark Levin. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, sitting in for the great one. Mark Levin just had some technical difficulties on his microphone. He'll be with us shortly, and he is doing well. 
God bless you. God bless America. Welcome to the program. This is the Mark Levin Show. Our telephone number, one 381 3811 If you want to join the program, that's the number, 877-381-3811. So Democrats and their pals in the media are at it again, and they're really pushing the envelope. It's no longer about the debate between, hey, you know, we're on the left and you're on the right and we think this and you think that. Now it's what we think what you think is very bad and you should be deplatformed. Now that's been going on for a while, but now it's they're trying to enter this into the public discourse as a matter of fact, as if this is it. This is just factual. If you're with Trump, if you're a conservative, you're no bueno. You are bad news. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So I do want to get your thoughts on that. Give us a call on that. But I want you to hear this audio because to me, this audio speaks volumes. It, it goes back to what the media has been doing, how this um, Alex Stamos that Mark talked about earlier. And uh, I, I think this is somewhat remarkable, you know, that somebody who was a Facebook security chief goes on CNN and talks about how to treat Republicans in Congress, again, like the last guy, like ISIS. So, I mean, this is literally a comparison to insurgent terrorists taking over a country or a region of a country in the name of a jihad. I mean, it's is this goes beyond inflammatory. This is just outright lunacy, in my opinion. They're propagandizing through the media about you and me. And we can't even fight back because they'll kick you off Twitter. They'll dump thousands of our followers. I got uh, several thousand uh, Twitter followers that just disappeared. I don't know if they were just jumping ship because they don't want to be on Twitter anymore or if they were just knocked off of Twitter or if Twitter's playing games. And they've done that before where they just steal your followers and you got to work to get them back. Whatever the case is, I want you to listen to this Cut 9. Cut 9 is Alex Stamos, or Stamos, former Facebook security chief, and he was on CNN yesterday making those remarks that I just mentioned. Check this out. There needs to be an intentional work by the social media companies collaborating together to work on violent extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. When I started at Facebook in 2015, the number one challenge from a content perspective was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State. Um, And there was a a collaboration between the tech companies and between the tech companies and law enforcement to make it impossible for them to use the Internet to recruit and radicalize young, mostly young Muslim men at the time around the world. Now we're talking about domestic audience in the United States. And the challenge is going to be partially that, you know, ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress. But there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election. Um, And there will be a continual political pressure on the the companies to not take it seriously. Now, this is pretty deep stuff. Because again, now he's legitimately, this isn't just... um, inflammatory rhetoric like oh these guys are a bunch of terrorists he's not just you know speaking out of his rear end he's legitimately trying to make the case that what's happening or what happened back in the isis insurgents is what's happening now with republicans and we're using the same techniques and utilizing facebook to do it and i've got to tell you somebody should check this dude 
whether it's in the form of public debate, whether it's in the form of somebody calling him out, whether it's his employer, whether it's CNN policing their own, but it seems like nothing's happening. This is why we have the problem we have. This is why we have to become more involved. And there's more of what he said, and we're going to get to that. But I want to talk about this more of why we need to get more involved. And this is a question, I think it's the age-old question. Those of us in the talk radio world, we know, we follow the news, we look at what's going on, we get lots of tips, we hear things, and then we share them with you, the public. And then everybody's up in arms. Oh my gosh, what do we do? This is it. Like Bob Grant used to say, it's sick and getting sicker. Well, I think what we need to do is take action. We need to get involved. And I don't mean anything crazy. I don't mean anything violent. But I do mean just look at their playbook. How did the Democrats do what they did? How is it that there's zero Republicans at Facebook? How is it that there's zero Republicans in so many different layers of government? Or even in our own government where the president's a Republican fighting hard for America, but you've got Congress that's overwhelmingly left-leaning. Even those that are in the Republican Party are left-leaning at times. It's because they're in the game. My dad, God rest his soul, he always used to tell me in his uh, thick Puerto Rican accent, you got to be in it to win it. And of course, he was talking about the lottery because he liked to play numbers. But my point is you do got to be in it to win it. The the days of saying, oh, you know what? I I just want to raise my kids. I just want to do me. I just want to do my own thing. I don't, you know, like Reagan said, get off my back and out of my pocket. Those days for now, I think they're gone. We can't sit there and say, hey, I'm just going to drive my truck and feed my family. I'm just going to you know, do whatever business I have, whether it's uh, running a laundromat or running a restaurant, running a daycare center, whatever type of business you have, going to work. It's, it's not really an option anymore. We have to do more. We have to be poll workers. We have to be poll watchers. We have to go and make phone calls as phone bankers. We have to get involved in local campaigns. We have to volunteer to be precinct captains. It has to be done. We have to start a podcast, a video podcast, make a daily stream of your Instagram or whatever. You need to reach more people. You need to know more things. You need to equip yourself to get into this battle of information because there's lots of disinformation and misinformation out there. And honestly, there's those that have a microphone and a platform and they're doing what they do. They do their best every single day. Kudos to everybody in this business. But this goes beyond listening to talk radio. It goes beyond checking your own Facebook feed or, you know, going at it with the trolls. This is actually, we have to take it back from the inside the same way they do. You ever notice how every university doesn't have a huge uh, amount of conservatives on their faculty? You ever notice how most levels of government, local government, state government, federal government, don't have a huge amount of conservatives that make up the bureaucracy? You ever wonder how most classrooms don't have a huge amount of conservatives that represent the teachers or the faculty in the classrooms in public schools? So whether it's a newsroom, whether it's a classroom, whether it's a courtroom, town hall, State House, White House, the halls of Congress. We need to get involved. 
I'm looking at all these new freshman legislators that came in at the federal level, new Congress people, congressmen and women, such a diverse swath of people. And I look at that and I go, thank God it's working. People are seeing that, you know what, I have to stop doing what I'm doing over here and start doing this because my country needs me to do this right now. And this is one of those fights where not a single shot's been fired. And again, of course, I understand, you know, the events of late and how things go. But for the most part, the Democrats and the, the radical left, they haven't taken anything by force. Nobody's put a gun in my face to take away my Twitter. <laughs> and I still have Twitter. But I'm just saying to take away. They know what they're doing. They figured out how to make the rules. So they figured out how to break the rules. And that's what they do. And they do it time and again, and it's always the same M.O. But Alex Stamos from Facebook, former security chief, he later on uh, in that same interview on CNN, he calls for Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, and others to basically say, look, these people have a right to free speech. Well, I'm going to let you let him you know, hear what he had to say, and then I'll comment on it. But it really, to me, is it's this flippant attitude of I know better than you. That the left just loves to hold on to. I want you to listen to this. Cut 10. Check this out. We have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger, daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN. And they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Um, I, I, this is you know, allowing people to seek out information if they really want to, but not pushing it into their faces, I think, is where we're going to have to go here. So there you have it, right from the horse's mouth. We really have to look at do they really need to give them a place to broadcast their hate speech? So to believe in God and family and country and the founding of this country is now hate speech. I reject that. To guys like this guy Stamos, I say that's stupid. And for anybody to embrace an idea that goes contrary to me being able to have my opinion and you being able to have yours. Because don't get it twisted. This is how it's going to be. Right now, they're in control. They're the boss. Okay, understood. Or at least that's going to happen. That's, you know, with their majority in, in Congress and whatnot. But eventually, those that oppose them will have power and seek to use that same power, whether we call them Republicans or otherwise. And when they seek to use that same power to silence them, they're going to figure out we should have never, ever have crossed this line because they've crossed this line in the sand. And it's not a good thing. So in some, whether it's Stamos, whether it's Pelosi, whether it's at Jack or anybody else out there that's trying to censor speech, not a good idea. Now, listen, we're not talking about, you know, the crazies that, you know, want to promote all the radical, crazy stuff that's not political, that's dangerous, you know, things, violence, children, threats to personal safety, things like that. Of course, that stuff has to be censored. But when you're talking about political speech, when you're talking about saying something like, I support uh, a president and a movement, 
focused on making America great again. This is a problem, and it's something, honestly, that we have to work very, very hard to continue to protect. Because clearly, those in Congress are playing a dangerous game, flirting with these ideas of censorship, and in some cases, full-blown censorship. And I don't think that's something that we can legitimately continue to pursue because it's going to blow up in everybody's face. But anyway, keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as El Conservador. If you're a listener in New York City, I am the host of This is America on WABC Radio in New York. And I am sitting in for the great one. He's having some technical difficulties with his microphone. So I get to uh, jump on the microphone and speak with you, America. Our telephone number, one 381 3811 So we're talking about censorship. And I don't mean government censorship where the government is using the law to shut down speech. No. I'm talking about political discrimination, which is an unprotected class, by the way. So, you know, you can be all sorts of things. You can be a man, a woman, transgender, just any gender, right? Or non-gender, I guess. You can be any race. And people cannot discriminate against you based on that. But how dare you be a conservative? How dare you be a Republican? Now, I can tell you, I, I've, for those of you who know me, you know a little bit of my story. For those who don't, I spent some time in state government. And it's a swamp everywhere you go. In New Jersey. And while I was there, I can tell you that even with a Republican governor... There are swamp creatures that are out to get you just because they know that you're outnumbered. They know that the, the governor can only appoint like 20% of the staff that he brings in. So that means 80% of the swamp, the bureaucracy, as Mark likes to call the Leviathan, they're built in. They're baked right into the formula. And guess what? They're not Republicans, <laughs> at least not in New Jersey. They're not. So what happens? Yeah, they can make life thing, life difficult for you, make things tough for you. You know, if you don't play ball with them or if you try to bring too much of your private sector 
practices into the swamp. They don't like that. They don't like doing things quickly. They don't like doing things ahead of a timeline. But this political discrimination is what we're seeing over and over and over again. And we see it in the, ter- the, in the sense of tech tyranny and censorship. But it goes beyond. There are people that just for attending President Trump's speech were iced out of their jobs, pushed out of different things. People, you know, those that raided the Capitol, yeah, granted, they're going to get locked up and that's on them for doing that. But what about people that just went to hear their president speak, that went to participate in the First Amendment in their nation's capital? Well, those people, they're also under fire. And that's the political discrimination that I want to talk about. This political discrimination to me is it's the loophole that they've always needed. They know that if they try to get you for anything else, you know, like at me, a lot of people get at me and they like to say, oh, you're a sellout. How could you be uh, an American of Puerto Rican heritage and be a Republican or be a conservative? You know, estás loco. Are you crazy? And I say, no, hell no. It's not that I'm crazy. It's that I bother to read things. And I have a better sense of things than you do. But that's where it comes in. It's it's based on all these other things. And then we're going to treat you differently because you think differently. And not because you think differently because you're ISIS. You think differently because you're a conservative. This, to me, is, is the issue. When you have guys like Senator Joe Manchin coming out and saying that, yeah, he supports deplatforming Trump. And, and Senator Hawley and Parler. Why not? Because he really feels that this is the right thing to do. Because all of a sudden, because how dare President Trump have a rally? How dare he speak to constituents? So I want you guys to hear what Joe Manchin had to say in a minute. But first, that's the question I have for you guys. I want to know your thoughts on political discrimination. Should we put up with and be happy with the idea that one of the big tech companies in America is saying to President Trump, nah, sorry, man, you can't tweet. And I know this is, this is old news, but to me, it, it still stings. I pull off the Band-Aid, this wound still hurts because last I checked, this is America. This isn't somewhere where you can just do these things. Free speech is still free speech, and I get it. That's a whole different argument for another day. But he's still the president, and we should have a right to hear from our president on different platforms. My thoughts. Hit me up, 877-381-3811. Rich Valdez in Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and that's at Rich Valdez on all social media, sitting in for the great one. 
And we're talking about what the current state of affairs is with the media. Now, it's always fun for me to connect with the callers on The Mark Levin Show because, you know, being Mr. Call Screener, you know, when I'm on that side of the glass, I get to hang up on you because we have so many calls coming in and we got to keep the show moving. But when I'm on this side of the glass, we can actually stop and have a conversation on topics like this where we have this radical left-leaning, leftist component of the Democrat Party that's really comprising more and more of it each day. It's no longer the fringe. It's the majority. And it's a shame. But we have that, and they have their tentacles everywhere. It's not just the media being the the arm, the you know, the, the communications arm of the Democrat Party, but these are all like brothers and sisters in they're comrades, if you will. And they figure out, you know, am I going to work in social work? Am I going to work in media? Am I going to work in government? And they're taken over from the inside out. And that's why when people say, what can I do? I just say, look at them. Look at what they've done. They prepare their whole life for this. This is what they're, they're constantly preparing for. Now, we were talking about all of this to do and everybody's making that cringy face because we can't believe what's happening and my response is we've got to get more involved but I want to go to some of the callers because there's a lot of people out there that have a few things that they want to say so let's go to Rick in Costa Mesa California Rick you're on with Rich Valdez hi um, <clears throat> thank you for taking my call yes, uh, you do good work and I've loved uh, Mar- Mark Levin's Shows for years and Unfreedom of the Press and uh, Men in Black, everything. Mm-hmm. It's all great. He's a brilliant man. What I think is the most important thing right now is people have to understand because people are really being misinformed, misguided, and definitely indoctrinated, even lightly so and subtly so, about socialism. I think it's very important for people like Marco Rubio and uh, Sebastian Gorka and all these people that have actually lived in communist or socialist societies to talk as much as possible about how, you know, their freedom doesn't really exist in those cultures or those societies. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and I appreciate your thoughts and your call. It is important for all of us to, I think, learn from one another, but more so, this is something, and again, This is me going on a tangent, but I truly believe if you're a nurse and you've had 30 years of experience as a nurse, I think it's incumbent upon you to teach the next generation of nurses, whether it's formally or informally, whether it's through mentorship or, you know, going and getting a a PhD so you can teach at the university level. And I really do believe that. I think it's so important, so important so that your craft doesn't die. You want your craft to continue because part of what you're doing is influencing the world with Let's say again, as a nurse, you're influencing the world with patient care. And the moment, you know, the bedside manner that nurses from back in the days used to have dissipates and it's not there anymore. And now we have a new way of doing things, a new way of dealing with patients that may be more abrupt, may not be as uh, personal and one-to-one. Well, this is what happens and it happens everywhere. That's why I'm grateful to the great one, Mark Levin, for, you know, the nuggets of wisdom that he shares with me about talk radio and many others that have taught me this craft. But I bring that up to say, you're right. If you're from a communist country and you know what it's like to have 
to wonder if you could even grab a chicken from outside. Quick story, and I think I may have told you this, but worth repeating. When my brothers were little, they went to go visit family in Puerto Rico, and they saw grandma grab a chicken, una gallina, right from outside. One hand, snapped the neck, put it right into a uh, a pot of boiling water to remove the feathers. I was telling that to a friend of mine who's from Cuba. And he turned around and told me, he said, and <laughs> this is, if anybody knows him, you'll know the voice. Here's my quick impression of him. He, Richard, um, in Cuba, you cannot touch the chicken because the chicken belongs to Fidel. <laughs> and that's my buddy, Professor Rolando Alum. And he's right. And anybody that comes from Cuba will tell you, the chicken isn't yours. Even if it's running around your backyard, it belongs to the government. So you stay hungry because if they find out, the police will be up in your house. That is crazy. But that's right. It's incumbent upon them. And the, one of the ways that we do these things is through the media, whether it's through our Facebook page, whether it's through talk radio, whether it's through television programs, podcasts, whatever you do. You have to tell your story. Reach people. And the only way that happens is if we're able to speak with them. And if our ability to speak with people, or at least reach those people, is limited because of political discrimination or what I'm going to call corporate censorship, we've got a problem on our hands. And that's what we're talking about. But I want to um, go to the next call. Let's go to Dave in Temple, Texas. Dave, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez, Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich, uh, you're doing a great job. I'm uh, driving home from training a precinct chair to do block walking here in Bell County. Thank you. And uh, that is the way we get around censorship of all the media. The only way to really – you just said it a few seconds ago. The way to reach people is face-to-face, and we go door-to-door to every house in Bell County with, with the idea of, first off, identifying if they're uh, patriots or not. And if they're patriots, we ask them to help to do what we're doing, go, go door-to-door on their street. That's the solution to our problem. We've got to outvote the guys uh, that are coming up after our country. Georgia just saw the results of being outvoted by the Democrats. They lost two Republican senators. So can we talk about that? I'll let you talk for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. You're so kind. I appreciate it, Dave. Well, what, uh, what I liked about what you first said is, yeah, you're right. This is the way to do it. you got to go door-to-door when you're campaigning, and, and it's a nonstop thing. This is why you need a machine. This is why Democrats succeed because – we're too busy saying, look, I'm busy. I'm raising my kids. I'm doing this. I got all this to do. This is why I have you, right? This is why I listen to Mark Levin because I expect him to stay up all night and read this stuff and know the Constitution inside and out so I can rely on him, listen to his show for three hours every night and get what I need to know. And I'm going to say keep doing that. But step your game up. Read more of his books. We have to get more involved. And you know, listening to this program, and I have since its inception, it's one of those things – where you, you, you hear Mark Levin talk about the pamphleteers and how we need to be Thomas Paine's. And when I hear that, I think that's never been more true than now. Literally, words printed on a page may be the thing again because we can't do it through Facebook. We can't do it through Twitter. Hopefully soon we'll be doing it again on Parler because they're back up and running. Big shout out to Dan Bongino and John Matz and the whole crew there. But if that's what it takes, that's what it'll be. Quick story. I used to work with a Christian college, and I I had a colleague of mine 
who mentioned that he'd been to China. And I said, oh, really? What was it like? And he said, it was pretty cool, but it was a little bit um, risky. And I said, why? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, I repented, but we went there as missionaries, but we smuggled in some Bibles. And I was like, really? You're not allowed to bring them? He said, nope, not allowed. And what happens is there's an underground church movement in China, and they actually rip apart the Bible because they can't have one in their possession because they'd get in trouble. So thousand-page Bible, they split it up, a thousand people get a page, and they meet up at church, and they swap the pages, and that's how they read through the Bible. And I heard that, and I said, wow, how spoiled am I that I have talk radio? How spoiled am I that I have social media? How spoiled am I that I can open up my smartphone and pretty much find out anything I want to? So, yeah, this can get worse, but thank God it's not worse. We're not underground constitutionalists. We're loud and proud constitutionalists. We're allowed to be patriots. And by God, we're going to be patriots. So keep it locked right there. I want to hear more from you, everybody across America. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one. How we communicate, how we get around all of the stuff that's out there stopping us from spreading a patriotic conservative message. Everybody, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. And some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener right here from the Mark Levin Show. Our telephone number, 877-381-3811. Now, before I was talking about Joe Manchin, and we're going to get back to him if we uh, have some time, but someone that takes the cake is Representative Steve Cohen, Democrat from Tennessee. Now, you guys may remember him. He kind of looks like the Crypt Keeper, if you're old enough to remember the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. But he was eating that Kentucky Fried or whatever type of fried chicken out of a bucket about maybe last year, year before. Anyway, that's him. So Rep. Steve Cohen, he's now bashing the military, saying the National Guard... 90% male, and only 25% of them voted for Biden. And that raises the concern of an insider threat. Now, I think this is, uh, like my mother would say, this is boveria. This is stupidity. It's silliness. Why? Because since when, in the near quarter century, no, not quarter century, 250 years, right? So two and a half centuries, Of our existence, or close to it, have we ever questioned the military for being partisan? Now, I remember, yeah, election of 1860, 1864, fraudulent ballots, Lincoln, I remember. Got it. But as of late, that's not really a thing. We don't sit there and say, hey, call the army. And then when the army gets there, go, hold up, chill, wait a second, bruh. I think those guys might be Trumpers. This might be, this might, we might be in a trap. These guys are out of their minds. They don't know what they want. We hate walls. We hate walls. Put up a wall. Now they've got this huge fence around Washington, D.C. And that's what's going on. But yeah, Steve Cohen, the crypt keeper, the chicken eaten crypt keeper, 
had this to say. Check this out. You know, I was thinking the guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Um, only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. You got to figure that in the guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media, and we know it. They're probably not more than 25 percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75 percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And there were military people and police who took oaths to defend the Constitution and to protect and defend who didn't do it, who were in the, the insurrection. So it does concern me, but the uh, betting at the last minute. But, I mean, efficient. that's far to, to, to have voted for, for Trump does not make you an insider. I mean, that, that's far different from being a threat uh, of violence inside, whether the National Guard or law enforcement. I'm curious, is there is there anything you've seen to substantiate just how broad this in, insider threat may be, if it, if it exists? Absolutely not, Jim, but, you know, <laughs> you draw first. The first circle is people who work for Trump and not for Biden, as far as people who would be within uh, the, the zone of folks who you'd be suspect of. Suspect group is large. <laughs> okay, so... Even fake news MSNBC, Jim Shuto, even he's saying, bruh, this is faker than fake news. Do you have any proof of this? And then he admits, nah, nah, we really don't have proof. But I'm saying, though, if they didn't vote for Biden, then I don't know. And listen, just because people didn't vote for Joe El Baboso Biden, Mr. I got hairy legs himself, that doesn't mean anything. Or does it? Does that mean, is that how it works now? So, oh, you know, I get pulled over by the police. But, excuse me, are you a Trumper, sir? No, I'm not. I can't let you pull me over up because uh, you're not a Trumper. This is absurdity squared. I can't believe it. But that's what he said. And not only that, he's desecrating the uh, the name, the reputation of the National Guard, the United States military, which in my opinion should be held sacrosanct. We shouldn't question that stuff. Now, I'm not saying you bury your head in the sand, but I think most of the guys I know, my brother Bobby served, he's in the United States Marine Corps, and most of the people that I've met that have served this country in uniform that way and have taken that oath, myself included, having taken that oath as a government person, take the oath seriously. And perhaps that's what they fear, that these people have taken this oath seriously and they don't take theirs seriously. And maybe that's why they're nervous. I don't know. What say you? 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let's go to Maria in Los Angeles. Maria, what's up? You're on the Mark Levin Show. Rich Valdez. Hello, Rick. I can hardly hear you. You are so smooth and so amazing. Oh, thank My you. My gosh, what a message you just sent us. Anyway, for far too long, I think conservatives have lacked the courage, the organization, and the communication from a solid infrastructure place. And how did we let the message get out there that American values are hate speech? <laughs> Why has this become that trend? President Trump, he has shown us how to have courage. I mean, I know friends that wouldn't dare admit that they support Trump, that, okay, the pandemic is here, hide in your house, never come out again. We as conservatives, we need to get that infrastructure out there. Parlor is one. You're right. Parlor is one of the main things we've got to be out there front and center for. Keep it locked right there. Rich Valdez in for the great one, Mark Levin.
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Welcome back America I am Rich Valdez Valdez with an S you guys know me as Richie V Mr. Call Screener I'm uh, the host of This is America on WABC Radio here in New York City and part of the Great Ones team, and he's having technical difficulties with his microphone setup, so I have jumped in to uh, cover him real quick, and uh, thank you for putting up with me. Our telephone number is 877-381-3811. Today is Martin Luther King Day, and you know, part of my own history, I helped start a charter school about a decade ago called the Beloved Community Charter School. And big shout out to everybody, Brett Shuttler and everybody that's involved in, you know, the day-to-day, A, the founding, and B, the day-to-day operations of the school. Excellent board, excellent parents and scholars. But I bring that up because it was the mission and the vision of Dr. King and his speech on the beloved community. And there were numbers of, uh, a number of speeches on the beloved community. And today, as we look at what's going on in America today, we don't always see a beloved community if we were to look at CNN or MSNBC or listen to people like Katie Couric or whoever. You wouldn't see the beloved community. In order to see the beloved community, it's got to come from you. You've got to really believe in your fellow man. You've really got to believe in your community and your country. And in the last hour, we heard from the chicken-eating crypt keeper, Steve Cohen, and how he was trashing the troops and I think that's disgraceful and in this hour we're going to hear a little bit more but we've talked about censorship we've talked about how it's not government censorship but it's really political discrimination and this is is to me the, the crux of it this is how company A, company B, Twitter, Facebook whoever, this is how they're doing what they do now, part of my history, I worked in government, and for a little while I wrote a column when John Solomon was at the Washington Times as the executive editor, and I moved on in the media game to work with Project Veritas, serving as their national field director, director of special operations, and I was the guy that got the guys to go out there and get the footage. So always have a warm spot in my heart for new videos and new audio that drops from Project Veritas. Big shout out to James O'Keefe, or as I like to call him, O'Kizzle my nizzle. And I want you to hear what James O'Keefe and the team uh, came up with. I'm looking at this here. Cut 15 during the, is that right, Mr. Producer? 16. So this is the uh, legal policy and trust people at Twitter saying they they think they've seen that. In fact, Trump's tweets are inciting violence and having real-world harm. I want you to listen to this. Uh, the 
integrity policy in particular um, has a range of options um, from labeling to removal in some instances to um, permanent suspension. Yeah, Vijay, I think you, you have a list of the top questions on, on talk as well. Yes. Um, some of the main themes we're seeing, um, I think I've tried to address them, um, but uh, whether we believe Trump's tweets are inciting violence and having real-world harm, I think we've seen that, in fact, they are. I think the question is which ones are. We've also seen that Trump has attempted, um, since coming back from the timeout, to um, de-escalate the situation. Uh, which I think has been helpful and important for um, some, if not all, of the people who are following um, him. So we do think that that is um, a risk, and that's why we're continuing our evaluation of how these tweets are being received and interpreted. So that's Vijaya, I hope I'm saying that right, Vijaya Gaddy, V-I-J-A-Y-A-G-A-D-D-E. Vijaya Gaddy, and she's having a conversation with Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter. And they're discussing, you know, what you just heard them talk about, how they really do believe these things. Meanwhile, the Washington Post put out that timeline that Mark referenced uh, last week. And it it just, to me, it, it really begs the question, how is it that they can blatantly just ignore facts? But they do. And it's because they're not ignoring them. They're purposefully omitting them. And that's how we get into the same thing with Steve Cohen. Good old Steve Cohen who said that the troops, obviously, if they're not uh, Biden supporters and they're not women, then they've got to be Trumpers. And that could be in and of itself a threat. And even the fake news anchor was like, bro, for real? You have anything indicating that might be real? And they obviously, you know, he said, no, no, but, you know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Let me grab another piece of chicken. So I want to know your thoughts on that stuff. And I want to hit the phones. 1-877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to go to Jake in Las Vegas. You're a veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. Hey, Rich. How are you doing tonight? Wonderful, brother. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I appreciate you taking my call. Love listening to you when you fill in to Mark. And uh, yeah, like you said, 23 veteran is one of the greatest honors of my life to serve in this country. And to hear, uh, you know, these, uh, I'll say these officials, not elected officials, because they really don't, they are elected, but they don't represent any constituency, really. They don't care about us folks. To hear them make those types of comments is truly disgusting. And I feel what they're doing is now these guardsmen and women who are going to be there in D.C. who don't want to be there. You know, now anyone who's radical or crazy on the street, they hear his insightful words, his hateful words, and they're going to, like, take it upon themselves to approach these people who don't want to be there and who are just hoping to get home without having someone scream in their face. And he's inciting confrontations with them. And it's it's just gross to see that these uh, elected officials continue to get away with this type of behavior and that the people somehow continue to vote these I mean, they're clowns. I don't, and they're unintelligent humans into office. It's it's just gross, and it's disheartening, and it's uh, it's despicable. Yeah, you know what? D.C. has truly become a circus in many ways. So, having clowns in office is probably par for the course. But thank you again for your service. You're a patriot. I appreciate that. Let's go to uh, Bill in D.C. Bill, what's on your mind? Hello. Hey, Bill. What's up? You're on with America. 
Hi, uh, as I told you, call screener. I'm, I'm one of these old guys. I was a cold warrior at the tail end, and um, I was in a, at the time clandestine unit in Berlin. Hmm. And uh, we used to live this stuff on a daily basis. And that's the sad part is these people are well indoctrinated but not well educated. <laughs> and this playbook yeah. has, has happened time after time with the same predictable uh, results. So when what were, were you in right Berlin, Bill? So they're going to grab everything they can. And historically, that's when things get really bad. Bill, when were you there? I was there. Uh, I was in Germany for all of the 80s. I was there until just before the wall came down and then just after the wall came down. All right. Now, what type of censorship did you see while you were there? Excuse me again? What type of censorship did you see while you were there? Censorship. Uh, from the east, of course, a lot of it is... Uh, First, uh, you know, kind of sarcasm and denial, and then uh, destroying the individuals who are complaining about it. And then the thing that you're already seeing right now that's really scary is, oh, these people have been programmed. They need to be deprogrammed. Yeah. These Germans went so far as to put people in mental hospitals and pump them full of psychotropic drugs to fix the problem. Insanity. Absolute insanity. And the worst part is, uh, Bill, and again, I thank you for your service and for your thoughts and your call. The worst part of all this is that people are still calling for the opposition to be deprogrammed. Katie Couric went on HBO real time with Bill Maher just on Friday saying, how are we going to deprogram these people who signed up for the cult of Trump? Hat tip to Newsbusters. Check this out. It is so shocking. Not only do, are they not conceding, Bill, but there's thoughts that there might have been some collusion among members of Congress. Some are refusing to yeah. go through magnometers or whatever you call yeah. them to, to check for weapons. They're not wearing masks during the siege. I mean, it's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. But I also think some of them are believing the garbage that they are being fed 24-7 on the internet by their constituents and yeah. they bought into this big lie and the question is how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump there you have it Katie Couric Katie Couric who I actually met in my Project Veritas days she was actually very charming a leftist nonetheless but charming and complimented me on my wonderfully coiffed hair but Katie Couric says that we have to be deprogrammed. Now, we just heard caller Bill from the D.C. area call in and say that he saw that when he was part of a clandestine unit as part of, you know, the United States government in, in the 80s. Listen, I'm no mathematician, but I can tell you the 80s was a long time ago. I was born in 78. That means for a complete lifetime. We've been dealing with the same stuff over and over, same stuff each and every time. At what point, right? I'm asking you now, at what point do we wake up? Do we say, you know what? We have to realize this is out of control. We can't allow this to happen anymore. We're not going to allow you to sit here and say that my thoughts are something that has to be deprogrammed, something that should not be allowed to exist. I shouldn't have free speech because why? Because Katie Couric said so or because the chicken-eating crypt keeper Steve Cohen said so? Come on. Forget about it. That's crazy. 
Anyway, keep it locked right there. I want to hear more from you, and we're going to get into a little bit more. Plus, we might have a little surprise in a little bit. So I am Rich Valdez, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Rich Valdez with an S, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. Mr. Call Screener here filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, having some technical issues at the bunker. And... Our phone number, of course, 877-381-3811. We've been talking about censorship, and I'm looking at this article, Polls, Should the Right Embrace Conservatism or Populism to Win uh, Future Elections? And this is a piece from Daniel Horowitz, the editor from Conservative Review. And rather than me steal any thunder here, because I didn't write this, he did, let's bring Daniel Horowitz onto the line. Daniel, welcome. Hey, great to be with you tonight. So let's talk about censorship. I'm looking at the piece that you wrote, and there's a lot. There's a lot in here, so let's unpack it. Sure. I I think the biggest thing people need to understand is we live in a time where things are moving so quickly. We can't just say, you know what, they're at level four of tyranny. They're not going to get to level 10 for a while, if ever. If they are doing what they've been doing on COVID for an entire year, life, liberty, and property at stake, And then now, rhetorically, they're talking about criminalizing freedom of speech and freedom of assembly in particular. And then the governmental actions being taken are casting a pretty wide net against the Capitol Hill protesters, rioters, not just those that were overtly violent, but anyone that was kind of in the Capitol. The FBI is putting up signs. I know someone in Michigan who got a visit from the FBI because someone said they felt he was an extremist. Um, You look at some state governors and attorneys general saying that they're looking into who attended it, just attended the event. We're not talking about someone who attacked the police necessarily. This is very scary, and my concern is that we're rapidly rapidly moving beyond just the tech censorship to downright criminalization at the hands of the government of our free speech. Because remember, the only ones who have a greater monopoly than big tech is big government. They have a monopoly on violence. They have a monopoly on law enforcement, on, on the law. And that is very scary. And again, this goes back to COVID when you could say there is a fear, there's a concern. 
we're scared for our lives, so therefore the Bill of Rights no longer applies. That's really what we learned last year with very little opposition. It really is not much of a jump from where they are to simply say, look, right-wing terrorism uh, lurks at every corner, and therefore you know, this is not covered by the First Amendment, not just that you're deplatformed, but you're going to have the FBI knocking on your door. Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review, I think it's really well put, and we've been talking about that all night, and I think you're right. This criminalization of free speech, of someone going to a rally to hear their president speak in their capital, can't be something that's criminalized. Yet we're seeing that happen in effect in so many ways, and one of the bad actors, at least I'm going to call him a bad actor, is Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. Bring us up to speed on what he's up to and how he fits into this. It's truly hard to imagine a worse dystopian vision than what Keith Ellison is pushing. This is a man who is letting out criminals left and right in Minnesota. I mean, you're in St. Paul, Ramsey County. It's almost impossible to get locked up, to remain there without bail, uh, no matter what you do. But at the same time, he is actually threatening business owners who opened during COVID with labor, Farm labor. I'm not kidding you. It was a um, a request they 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 requested of a, of a county judge in Ramsey County of Larvita McFarker, a single mom business owner who was simply trying to earn a living, life, liberty, and property. And at the same time, he's announcing we are going to look at who from Minnesota attended the rally. Now that's a bright red line. You and I are, you know, certainly Mark. We're all law and order guys. Um, anyone who attacked police, vandalized, we, heck, we would uh, lock them up longer than the left would. But when you're talking about casting a net on anyone who just attended and would have never known violence would occur, I mean, if you would apply that standard to BLM, you, you couldn't build enough prisons. There would be several million people in prisons uh, who, who are just merely on the street while other people were engaging in violence or vandalism, looting, arson. And remember, those people returned night after night after night knowing that violence had occurred. This was a one-time event and has not been repeated. So this is very scary. So Daniel Horowitz uh, from The Blaze, really good piece. I encourage you guys to take a look at it. We're looking at the militarization of D.C., for in the name of protection, right? We're talking about law and order. I guess in uh, 90 seconds, Daniel, uh, bring us up to speed on what's going on with this incredible amount of firepower that's in the nation's capital. You know, a man being elected chief executive with almost no civilians in attendance and just 30,000 masked military personnel, um, that kind of looks and smells a lot like a military junta uh, <laughs> that really doesn't look very well. Uh, remember... Remember, just last year, Nancy Pelosi said she was seriously concerned about Trump using the military to put down out-of-control, volatile riots that occurred night after night. And now they're using this when there's no violence in sight. And what's shocking Mm -hmm. is, remember, we spent two years deflecting the lies of the left when they said it violated posse comitatus for Mm -hmm. Trump to merely repel an invasion at our border, the cartels and the drug traffickers, he could not put the military there, according to them. And now suddenly you could parade them around D.C., um, possibly indefinitely, because remember from COVID, what starts out as an emergency doesn't end very quickly. Yep. 
Uh, Daniel Horowitz, let everybody know quickly where they can find you and this piece. Sure, theblaze.com and CR Podcast at The Blaze. Excellent, Daniel Horowitz. Thank you for joining us. The criminalization of free speech. More after this. Rich Valdez in for the great one, Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, a proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, also known as Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, here at the Mark Levin Show. And the great one is off tonight because of technical difficulties at the bunker related to his microphone. So... You get to be with me. Our telephone number is one 381 3811 Rich Valdez, I am in for the great one, and I'm here to incite patriotism. That is what I think we all need to be doing. But lamentably, there are the evil forces that are at work on the left saying, you know what? We need to stifle your speech. We need to minimize, eliminate, or control your speech. And that's been the common theme, and I think, you know what, there's a reason why that's the First Amendment, because we all know these rights that we have, they come from God. They don't come from the government. Our Constitution is simply that list that says, hey, this is what they can't do to you. As a free people, we need to know what's happening. And I think it's incredibly eye-opening when James O'Keefe from Project Veritas and his team come across this audio of not only Jack from Twitter, but his legal team and his communications team discussing, why don't we skip a couple of steps, forget due process, let's just go straight to the permanent ban. Because remember, the initial ban on Trump was only 12 hours. I want you to listen to this carefully. Check this out. Question, which you know, obviously would love Jack's point of view, but um, what is uh, have we read the letter from employees demanding Trump to be suspended, and what's our point of view on that? There are certainly good ideas expressed within the letter that speak to the retro and how publicly we need to be about what we've learned um, about our policies around our actions. One question in particular was just around uh, you know the first strike and that and the 12 hour suspension, um, and if we consider just the severity 
of the president's tweets and why we didn't maybe jump uh, a couple steps ahead uh, versus just sticking to the, the kind of first strike in the 12 hours. So the, the severity of the tweet now, mind you, this was, and Mr. Producer, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I remember this being a video that Trump put out, President Trump, where he said, go home and go home in peace. And they said, oh, no, 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 that's that's no good. You can't be saying uh, go home and go home in peace. And forgive my uh, my grammar there. This is what the first ding was, 12-hour suspension. So now you have the communications people telling um, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, no, 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 hold on. And, of course, Vijaya Gotti and Julie Steele, head of internal communications at Twitter, saying, you know, we probably should have foregone this, you know, internal due process. You know, why didn't we, you know, and I got the transcript right here, and I think it's fascinating. You know, he talks about whatever, they go back, and then she says, one question in particular was just around, you know, the first strike and the 12-hour suspension on President Trump. And if we consider the severity of President Trump's tweets, why didn't we maybe jump a couple of steps ahead versus just sticking to the kind of first strike in the 12 hours? That was her question. Why Why did we Why did we write him up when we could have, you know, called out the firing squad? Now, of course, I'm being hyperbolic. This is talk radio. But... In effect, they they wanted to destroy his online presence. And I can't say it's destroyed. I think he would bounce back probably with more followers if they were to give him his account back. But it's clear how they think. Not only is this somewhat authoritarian in their thought process, but it's very, very fascistic, right? Do what I say. Like the liner, do what I say or I'll hurt you. <laughs> do what I say or we will deplatform you. This has nothing to do with protecting the community and community guidelines. And you've had world leaders that said, you know what? No, no, no. This is not good. So I want to know your thoughts on that and everything else that we've talked about tonight. Because to me, this is indicative of a larger problem. You, we saw it with impeachment. The same authoritarian, fascistic behavior. Oh, we don't like what you did? We're going to impeach you. But you can't impeach We need to have a hearing. No, no, no. We're going to do it right now. And we're even going to make up rules on how we can prevent you from running again to disqualify you, to do this, to do that. We're going to remove you from office ex post facto. You've got to be kidding. But they're not kidding because they figured it out. Who are you going to complain to? It's an echo chamber. It's a one-way street. We'll just keep telling the same story. And if you don't like it, don't listen. The difference is, I can do that in talk radio, right? <laughs> I, I'm not the government of the people, for the people, by the people. But I want to know what you guys think. Let's go to the phones, 877-381-3811. And let's go to Don in New York. What's up, Don? You're on with Rich Valdez, Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich. Welcome. I enjoy listening to you in New York when you're on the air and you do a great job. Oh, thank you. And I just want to add, um, if you remember a couple of months ago, Senator Schumer made a very, very incendiary speech in front of the Supreme Court, practically threatening them. And if you play that side by side with the remarks that President Trump made at the rally, tell me who should be impeached. 
Right, right. And I do remember that. He was very, very, very adamant. And I remember we were uh, at a different studio, Mr. Producer and I, when that happened. I remember it like yesterday. And he definitely sounded uh, very, very, um, I'm going to say violent, or at least, you know, he was trying to incite some sort of violence, talking about actually physically hurting people, and then said, no, no, he had to backtrack and say, no, 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 no. Now, not only did the president not call for that, he was explicit in what he was talking about. And you're right. It's a clear double standard, Don. They just, they can't get out of their own way. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. But you're doing it. Well, it's only wrong when you do it. And that's how they do it. And and I think people are sick and tired of that. They don't care anymore about the, the falsehoods that are being peddled by people like Chuck Schumer, people like our incoming former Vice President Biden, right? Joe El Baboso Biden, Nancy Labruja Pelosi. These people just lie out of their teeth, fake teeth at that, right? You hear them every time they're talking. And they don't care. They do it with impunity because they don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about this country. They care about maintaining the swamp, keeping the cash flow coming. That's all that matters to them. Don, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Big shout out to everybody listening in New York. And uh, let's check in with Nelson. Nelson from Indiana. What's on your mind, Nelson? Hi there. Uh, I just wanted to add that my Twitter account and Facebook account got uh, delete, uh, suspended for asking for a investigation on the whole thing. I did not mention anything about mail fraud or anything. I just mentioned that we need to get the bottom of it to save the integrity of the election and our constitution. Now, let me ask you, Nelson, were you also at the um, the rally on January 6th? Did you hear the president's remarks in uh, D.C.? I'm sorry? Were you in D.C.? So I have- no, I am in Indiana. No, I know that. And I, it sounds like you're having a tough time hearing me. Thanks for your call. But my, my thought process is if you were at the rally and, you know, they're coming at you and deleting you, you know, this is one more way of doing what they do. And it seems like we just heard from Daniel Horowitz that the FBI is visiting people. And I've got somebody on the line here calling from the Bronx, New York, that says he was at the rally. So, uh, LQ, what's going on? I want to know, did the FBI come knocking at your door? Oh, yes, you come. Can you hear me? Of course. The whole world hears you. Okay. Happy and happy New Year, um, Mr. Valdez. Thank you. Good first time I got through the, on this station. Um, I was at the rally. It was very peaceful. It was about the, the gathering was about a mile away from um, the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to say is I did hear the, the, the talk in Giuliani. But when the president was talking, I was just leaving because I had to leave. My wife was sick in New York because I'm coming from New York. Um, what I wanted to say is that um, they put people in harm's way that came there and uh, called us all, all of us a mob. is something that I think we could sue on, especially the people that got sprayed on and sampled over. And a woman got killed. Yeah, no, uh, no lots and, of bad things happened. LQ, let me ask you. Did you uh, get a visit from the FBI? Um, did I get a visit from the FBI? Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, did you? No, I didn't. Um, well, that's someone good. Someone is supposed to call me, though. 
Um, they were they were to, they were supposed to, someone is supposed to call me from another talk show today for right. other, other charges, but I wanted to just say um, that was wrong. We should be able to sue them too. The, the yeah, media. I think just if I could share with you, I really think that people should be able to go to Washington D.C. It is the capital of our country. It this is about free speech. This is about doing what's right. This is about doing what you want to do because we have liberty. And we should be allowed to go and listen to the president speak and to hear what he had to say and to participate because that's what we do in America. And it's insane that people are being chastised for that part. The trashing of the Capitol, all day long, 100% wrong. Anyway, keep it locked right there because all this talk about tech censorship and stifling of speech, we've got two of the big dogs in conservative social media, Chris Pavlosky and John Matz from Parler and from Rumble that sat down with the great one Mark Levin last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And we've got some highlights from that. So I want to play those for you before we check out. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez in for the great Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media platforms. If you want to follow me, feel free to. And we were talking about tech censorship, tech tyranny, and I mentioned two of the heavyweights in this game on the conservative side, John Matz and Chris Pavlosky, both respectively from Parler and from Rumble, sat down with the great one last night, Mark Levin on Life, Liberty, and Levin, to discuss what what the... Uh, what they're going through, what, what's happening, and to give us an update. So the first clip I want to play for you is about what's really at stake for a company like Parler because they own technology, they own this platform, and Amazon's preventing them from getting there. So I want you to hear what John Matz had to say. John Matz, excuse me. Where's this matter now? You've sued uh, Amazon, as I understand it. What is the status? Well, um, we're trying to get a uh, we're trying to get our services back up and running, so at least we can access our code repositories. At least we can uh, access our development and testing environment. You know, this is an indication to me that seems really strange. If uh, if they believe that the that the social media itself was a problem, you know, why do they shut off everything else too? So that you know, development environment, they shut off. Uh, you know, our ability to uh, work and our ability to even access our own code. 
uh, and work on that. So, you know, what they did wait, was wait, far wait, wait, more wait, wait, wait. Than This just, is important. This is important. You're saying that your own proprietary code, other information, contact information, data information, you can't even access what actually belongs to you and your company, that they're preventing you from getting the information that is yours? They gave us a very small window to download it all while we were you know, experiencing a lot of growth. And so we tried to download what we could, but now we don't have any more access. And what we also need is to be able to spin up our servers so that we can get some information which requires our servers to be running to get. And so, yes, they're preventing us from doing that at the moment. Now, we also heard from Chris Pavlosky from Rumble, a video platform, and I want you to hear what he had to say. Check this out. So Google now has the power, and the reason I guess they uh, acquired YouTube, to promote YouTube and crush its competitors. And is that what it's doing? And how is it doing? So we filed a lawsuit this week on Monday, uh, and our complaint alleges that Google is self-preferencing YouTube in their search results. And Google's also pre-installing the YouTube app on mobile devices, which makes it next to impossible for companies like us to compete. And uh, in our complaint, we allege that, uh, and we've chronicled evidence in our complaint that alleges that up to 9.3 billion visitors were redirected to YouTube instead of Rumble, which you know, results in us losing over 100 million uploads, 100 million videos that creators could have brought to Rumble, and over $2 billion in damages. But the, the thing that's really upsetting and it makes me really sad is that, you know, I was that guy that built uh, websites out of my parents' basement. Um, it's not just uh, Rumble that's been injured here. It's every consumer that's getting injured here. It's every uh, creator on Rumble that's getting injured, and it's every business in person uh, that gets injured here because it's rigged. It's in, of my opinion that the search engine is completely rigged and no one even knows about it. We, we talk lots about you know having free speech in the last year, but when you really look at it, another First Amendment violation is that it's being censored. You don't even, and you don't even know it. It's the, the, engine, the search engine is being rigged in a way where you don't even know. If they're rigging against you know, cute cats and dogs, which is our complaint, they can be rigging it against anything from politics to the local bakery uh, to anybody who wants to be in that search engine and wants to list their business or, or wants to compete. They don't have a chance in this market if it's being if it's being rigged the way we allege. So what do we do? We have to stand for something because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is that we do nothing. So we have to do something. We've got to get out there and fight, whether it's starting a tech platform or becoming the next pamphleteer. I'm Rich Valdez, in for the great one. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.